Welcome to Conowin's Corner. Exploring astrology with three modern witches. I'm Corey. I'm Detta. And I'm Conowin. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so when we first started this, and we just had our third anniversary, I didn't realize that you came in like right away. Like, mm-hmm. It was like three, we started in September, and wow. you came in in January. Yeah. And we interviewed you in December, and we weren't sure if it was going to last or stay. And it is. And so now we are a thruple. No, I <laughs> no, guess that's not a I love it. <laughs> we are a threesome. No, we are a trio. <laughs> a triad. Yeah. I'm very, very excited that this is really solidified. And welcome to the third year of it's like it was. Corner. Set in the stars. <laughs> it's been magical every moment. <laughs> well, cool. Well, hi. Welcome to Libra season, everybody. Happy Libra rising. What's up? What's up? Happy birthday, Libras. Happy birthday, Libras. My Libra. I have a Libra in my house. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, tell us everything. Okay. As always. <laughs> I always wait for the moment where I feel like the, the gates open and <laughs> I hear the bang, go, and then I can just start gobbledygooking all over you with your babble. So before I uh, unleash the, the tidal wave of yeah. <laughs> Is there is there any astro babble? Anything anybody wants to say hey about? Or non astro babble? No? Let's do it. Jupiter, Jupiter's still in retrograde, right? Yes, it just went into retrograde yeah. on the Boy, fourth. I'm feeling that. Really? Yeah. Venus is still in her shadow, and Mercury has been in retrograde, although it just went direct. when The day that we're recording this, it just went direct yesterday. And I'm Uranus so is still there. Saturn is still there. Like, they're both moving backwards. Pluto, Neptune. Like, we've got a lot of retrograde motion and, like, back and forth moments. But, yeah, yeah it's been really... It's been like a washing machine of, of movement, <laughs> yeah. I think. And we're going to talk a bit about that today because we have cool. some planets going direct, some planets that have just gone direct and then are going to affect the next month or I, 30 days. I am so happy. And I am, I actually remembered my journal today and my wonderful pen, pen by Moonbow. I can I can feel it in my mouth, but I cannot hear it in my ears. Pen <laughs> versus pen. All right. I'm ready. Open the floodgates. Here we are. Go, Conowin, go. <laughs> I will say that September is going to feel a little bit quieter, but we have a really interesting full moon at the end of the month. And then October, we'll just say it gets busy. I'm going to let you be the judge mm. of whether that feels positive or maybe a little overwhelming. There's there's quite a bit going on. I know Virgo season was very, very busy, and I think we're going to find that October feels kind of similar. So hopefully y'all are doing okay after Virgo season. And let's get Libra season started, which starts, for us, it's going to start actually September 22nd. That is a correction from last episode. I think I believe I said September 23rd. September 22nd at 11.50 p.m. So just as we're headed into September 3rd or 23rd, us folks on the Pacific side, it's it's the day before technically. So sorry about my mistake there. But September 22nd, 11.50 p.m. is when the sun will move into zero degrees of Libra, marking the equinox. 
And Libra is ruled by Venus, which has been over there in Leo in retrograde, but is now in her shadow. And the sun is actually going to be also coming off of a trine to Pluto. What's interesting, I feel like this is a bit of foreshadowing because it's going to square Pluto later. And squaring Pluto is a little bit... So we're going to talk about that more in depth. But I would say right now, take note of any struggles like with power or authority figures or even like your own empowerment that you may be feeling went easier than you thought or more manageable. Any tests that you have passed recently, any ability that you've had to look at yourself deeply in your shadow and face that, it may come up for you again and you may be challenged later in the month to take some action around that. So just as a forewarning, Venus will be trying Chiron. Venus, our ruler, is trying Chiron and also sextile Mars. So that's a really nice placement to start the, the month. I'm actually very happy to see this. It feels like a big boost of luck here because it's like healing our wounds and our relationships and healing our karmic past and looking at ourselves to find sort of an evolution past like all the things that we've been through in this retrograde summer. And we're finding a good balance of this you could call it masculine feminine energy or expansion and reflection. Libra, of course, as we know, is all about balancing. So Venus, I think, is in a nice placement to help us with this. We're wrapping up stories around Venus. So this is around relationships, money, self-worth, attraction. Uh, Venus has just squared Jupiter. So we're feeling like maybe a little bit boost of luck or at least, like I said, a wrapping up of a... a <laughs> tying the bow on whatever stories we might have been going through and we're looking forward but also relishing in the joy of ah this is completed mercury will also be trying jupiter at this time which is very lucky and expansive i love mercury trying jupiter it has a lot of curiosity and expansion of the mind right because mercury is our mind jupiter is expansion and it, they're both an earth sign. So this is around the manageable, the tangible, and around manifestation of like physical things. So that could be money. It could also be like property. It could be items that you like. It could be around information that you find meaningful, or perhaps you just learned something that was like groundbreaking and is going to allow you to move forward. Is this all starting on the 22nd? This is all on the 22nd. This is literally Whoa. the 22nd chart. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm happy. It feels like a nice yeah. ingress chart into the season. With how interesting the rest of the season gets, I, I find this is maybe a little dose of luck of, okay, it's not going to be so bad. <laughs> there's there's some good opportunity here for some good balancing. I will say Mars is opposing Chiron. So I'm I'm interested to see if this is a hint of what's to come. This is coming from curious astrologer, not forecasting astrologer placement. Because Mars okay. opposing Chiron is a bit tough. We have Mars in Libra, which it's not very comfortable in. It's it, That's the opposite sign of where it's at home in Aries. Our actions are a little bit more on the passive aggressive side. They're not going to be as direct as Aries. It's more about like verbiage and politics and that kind of uh, action and aggression. So we may, because Chiron is opposing it in Aries, it, we may be triggered like or get defensive around any traumas or wounds that we have, but not feel mm -hmm. like we can actually like defend ourselves in a very direct way and we have to go about it in like a backwards way. If you are hearing little sounds, that is the sound of my sweet summer baby <laughs> with me right now. Yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to point that out in case you hear anything strange. <laughs> he's He's with us today. <laughs> yeah, but Mars opposing Chiron I, is a bit tougher, and I think there could be either some heartbreak or just defensiveness, some triggering around that. So just be aware if those feelings come up for you. 
And we may see that play out in a deeper way as the month progresses as well. After the amazing chart that we have lining up the rest of the month, we have pretty quickly after that on September 29th is our full moon in Aries. This is at six degrees of Aries, and it happens at 2.58 a.m. That's when the full moon is exact. This also marks the beginning of <gasps> eclipse season. <laughs> You're there. Oh, wow. Yes. So eclipse, Love eclipse season. season. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you guys are actually for real about this. I'm not sensing any oh, sarcasm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. I, I know. I know a lot of people really don't like it. It gels with me for I some reason. Them. Yeah. Good. I hope everyone out there feels the same way who's listening. <laughs> I'm a little bit on my like tippy toes with this one, but I, I like Maybe. I like experiencing the weird natural phenomenon that like would have made ancient people go, "Oh God, oh God, my framework for this does not exist. Oh God, what is that? Oh God." I think that's fun and powerful and good to remember that mm. we are small. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always find that eclipse season brings these like ideas that I have where I'm like, oh God, I have to do this. I have to do this in my life. It feels like fateful. And sometimes those decisions have turned into actual like life changing moments, which only adds the pressure of that. But then I'm like, what am I going to come up with next, guys? <laughs> I can't, I can't keep doing this at twice a year. <laughs> so I always am yeah. a little bit trepidatious about this part of the season, but hopefully it brings lots of Good things for everyone. I will note that eclipse season um, is a season of endings and beginnings. This can sometimes look like losing people as well as people coming into the world. So just as a as a forewarning or as a as a just something to say for you out there, because it does it's when the portals are opening for us. So just be aware that that's going on. This full moon is the same day as Venus is square Uranus. It's also the same day that Mercury is trine Uranus. So we have a lot of Uranian energy that's more of that unexpected, uh, revolutionizing, rebellious, um, going to break out and strike lightning, like instantaneous energy. Venus is in a harsher aspect with this, but Mercury being trine Uranus, I really like, especially in Earth signs. Mm -hmm. So that's a more energy lending itself to that physical manifestation. It can also be around money. You can have a windfall. But it can also just be like a groundbreaking idea kind of thing. Again, start taking note. I would say really around that full moon, I would consider eclipse season having started, even though it in and of itself is not an eclipse yet. That will happen later. But start taking note of any ideas you have, people you're meeting. Like this is a great time to journal. You journal it all in the year, like journal during eclipse season because stuff is going to be momentous during this time and can really play out into a bigger way later. As I said, get ready for those beginnings and endings. Record your ideas. This Aries moon is going to be ruled by Mars in Libra. So again, it's in that detriment. So I don't find the moon is going to be that big or boastful or loud. But I would say for some inspiration here, if you're like looking at it as a way of as a way of looking back at and making this moon a little more meaningful, I would look back to actually the the new moon of Aries in March or April 1st. So it's like March 31st, April 1st of 2022, because this full moon not only is a full moon within the monthly cycle, but it's also the full moon within a two and a half year cycle. So whatever you were doing at the end of March, early April, 2022, you may see that it's come to some sort of manifestation. That was the new moon within this larger two and a half year moon cycle series. 
if you ever have projects, by the way, that you're like, I want to get this started on the new moon and oh gosh, two weeks later when the full moon happens feels like a really quick turnaround, you can always make it a two and a half year cycle as well and give yourself a little bit more breathing room there. So just be aware. But if you look back March 31st, April 1st of 2022, you might see if you have anything recorded this coming to a fruition around this time. And like I said, brilliant insights, flashes of surprise or new information that might be coming up for you. You could get shaken up or have like a rebellious need to change something like your style or a relationship. For me, this is happening in my first house. So this is the house of my body, <laughs> of myself. And it is interesting when I consider I've been quite active in recent weeks. So I wonder what that will bring up for me. For you out there listening, I say this every time, but look where six degrees of Aries is for this full moon in your natal chart. And whatever house that falls in, the subject matter of that house may be where you feel this moon resonating most for you. Or it's also a great way to work with the full moon if you're like, I want to work with the moon, but I don't know where to start. Take a look mm -hmm. at your natal house placement of the six degrees Aries moon, and you'll be able to gauge where that might be showing up for you. Corey, this is for you happening in your sixth house. And so <laughs> you got it. I got it right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so this is the sixth house is like kind of everything that's like mundane and at home in the sense of its routine, it's our health, it's our pets, it's our like think everything that you're doing is in terms of your life at home. You, all of your daily routines, duties, your work can show up here, like your day to day work is showing up. So something might be like manifesting quite in a big way for you. Or you might have that flash of insight around those subject matters. And data for you, this is happening next door in the fifth house. This is the fifth house of joy, of, of literally children, but it can be childlike joy as well. It's, it can be sex and like fun affairs. It can be all sorts of think anything that brings you joy. It's also self-expression too. So think of it as your own like personal stage. This full moon is showing up there. Yeah, the fun placement for that. After this full moon, that's pretty much it in September. And then we're going to move into October when things get a little busy. So I've separated this out into sort of like groups of days just to be aware of. So October 4th through 6th, we're going to have Mars on the south node. That's, again, a tough – I feel like we have some tough Mars transits in this period. And, again, because Mars is in Libra, it's not as comfortable here. That's what makes it a little harder. Mars being our energy, our action, our sexual drive, our motivation, our ambition – so that's just something to be aware of during this time period that Mars is struggling a bit here. So when Mars is on the south node from October 4th through 6th, it's, it's exact. It, this is going to be activating that south node in Libra. So this is our collective south node. And when I talk about the south node, this is uh, evolutionarily, this is our past life. This is like what traumas, wounds we're bringing in. This can also look like lessons or um, gifts that we are bringing in that we have to grow away from. So it's everything that we are trying to grow past, right? And that can look like passive aggression, dependency. Libro in its shadow side can be very surface level and shallow. There's jealousy here, two-facedness here in the sense like, I'm going to be really nice to you on the surface to preserve the peace, but actually I have a lot of these harder feelings underneath the surface. And Again, this is this could be bringing up for you any of your past trauma. It could also look like the collective. So this might be like looking into the past and seeing, okay, we were all going through this a couple of years ago at this time. How have we all grown from that? Ugh, maybe we haven't. <laughs> maybe we have more work to do. And Mars being on there is kind of activating it and bringing these things into our psyche again. So just be aware that that can be 
a tough time. But it's also on top of when Mercury is going to be moving into Libra. So this is going to feel like quite the tone shift because Mercury has been in Virgo for a long time. We had the whole retrograde in Virgo. It's been there for a while. So when Mercury moves into Libra, it's not in a ruling planet anymore, but I would argue that Libra is a nice placement for Mercury. Libra is the beautiful mind. So there's a nice marriage there. Venus will also be exiting its shadow finally around this time. Venus is in a much happier place. Libra's rulership is in is in a happier place. She's past all that stuff we dealt with in the summertime. And Mercury is moving at a better pace in Libra. And we're all going to have a relief after it being out of Virgo, I think. It's going to be a time of a lot of ideas, a lot of talk. Just be aware of with Mars on that south node. Where's the truth in this? Like, where is actually what's happening? Are there other motives going on? What, what, how do I feel with this? And how do I maybe need to stand up for myself? Because that North Node is over there in Aries. And so it's challenging us to stand up on behalf of ourselves, be a warrior on behalf of self. So just to be aware of that October 4th, 6th time. And then going forward between October 8th and 11th, we have Venus is going to move into Virgo. So she's been in Leo for a long time, since early June. And so she's going to be moving into Virgo. That's another tone shift. So Venus in Virgo is a bit more critical. She's a bit saltier. She's not as, oh my gosh, hot pink everywhere. Like, I'm happy and I want to like party with everyone and experience joy. She's more like, I think that's an interesting choice that you decided to wear that to work today. <laughs> that kind of level of, uh, yes, yeah. Or that's really fascinating that you've decided to go about that that way. Can I maybe show you what I would do instead? And the, it's it's a softness to Virgo, but there's definitely that criticality there. So Venus is not as warm and friendly in Virgo. I think we're going to feel another tone shift. So we get like a break from Virgo for a second, and then we're right back into it, but with a Venetian way. So just remember that if you've got some friends around you who are maybe getting a little bit more critical, or you're hearing that advice that you didn't ask for, they are probably just trying to be helpful. But they may be, people might be complaining a bit more, might be a little bit more critical. Don't, don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Maybe be like, I didn't ask for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> this North Node in Aries, I think, is going to be very helpful around this time if we can connect to that to really stand on behalf of self. But that's all something we're learning how to do. So don't be too hard on yourself. Venus will also be opposing Saturn because anything that enters Virgo right now is immediately opposing Saturn over there in Pisces. This is between October 9th and 10th. That self-criticalness, as, as critical as you might be hearing others be to other people or to you, I think the self-critical part of it is going to be more around the self, as in we're looking at ourselves and being maybe a little harder on ourselves looking out for the weight of authority figures or even just like a drowning feeling underneath all of the pressure of whatever life is bringing you. Saturn over there in Pisces is like, we're underwater and we're like trying to, <laughs> trying to stay above the surface. And sometimes that weight of the ocean of Pisces can really make us feel like Saturn is just weighing down on us. Saturn's words are like oppressive and repressive. When Venus is opposing that, I think that's really tough. People that are born with that have, I think, a hard time with the pressure of authority figures or people that they look up to in their life, whatever pressure that looks like. And I'm speaking from experience because I have this natally. Oh, <laughs> and wow. so, yeah. And so it can it can feel like 
a lot of weight bearing on you. Like you have to make this decision or else you're not worth anything. Please know that that is not Mm -hmm. true by any means. But if you're feeling that stuff around there, try to work through that and know it will pass. But it does make things confusing. I I bet it does. I was just going to say that if if you're in the United States and places where this starts on a Monday, for a lot of us, that's a regular beginning of a work week. And I just can't, I just envision the moment you say that when I realized what days they were is like, oh, oh, really watch yourself at work. If you're, if you're at work, because that self-sabotage will rear its ugly head. Precisely. Yeah, I think this is definitely an aspect that will show up in the workplace for sure. Yeah. Especially with that like Virgo, Venus being in Virgo wants to work and wants to serve and wants to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Feeling that pressure from whatever, whatever authority or (laughs) place above you is is speaking down to you. You got to stand up for yourself in there, but. Yeah. Stand up. <laughs> we're only we're only like halfway through this period. Yeah. So October 8th through 11th, we also have Pluto moving direct on October 10th. At the same time, Mars is squaring Pluto. I would probably say this might look like the hardest transit. It's it's a combination between Mars on the south node and then this Mars squaring Pluto because Mars and Pluto are our two greatest malefics. So when they're when they're at odds, it can get really <laughs> and so just be like again gentle and kind with yourself during this time and know that people might feel a little bit more aggressive or you might be feeling like anger or just just not being able to again stand up for yourself i think that's a really big theme with this whole month and it's partly mm-hmm. because we're in libra season and that south node is there so libra can be so dependent and asking others like well what do you think and what what do you think we should do or tell me how to think tell me how to act tell me how to feel so that i can keep the peace there comes a time when maybe we don't agree with that or maybe that rubs us the wrong way so feeling like we have the ability to have a voice in that moment and speak on behalf of ourselves i think is going to be really a lesson here that we might be learning so pluto going direct on the 10th that means pluto as it is is at its most powerful point it's moving very very slowly it's not technically moving in the sky although i guess technically technically yes pluto still moves obviously in the sky we just don't see it (laughs) moving right as it's going direct i wanted to ask you if you want to journal around this time or just reflect on this what were you doing the last time pluto was here so this will be 27 degrees of capricorn on january 8th 2023 about that time is when it was at this exact place so you can think back to that time and also thinking back to May 1st of 2023 that's when it went retrograde what have we learned since then how have things changed specifically around plutonic themes so like authority figures secrecy obsessive like tendencies you might have think of the shadow self and then also how like the plutocracy or like people in our life that are like trying to control others like how how has that changed for you or maybe manifested into something different or evolved in some way because that's that is the lesson of this Pluto retrograde something to think about and then pretty swiftly right after that Mars will be going into Scorpio and Mars is a lot more comfortably like happy in, in Scorpio this is on October 11th it's in its rulership here Mars is the traditional ruler of Scorpio and then Pluto is the modern ruler so we have Mars in its rulership and Pluto now direct so the ruler of Scorpio is is 
much happier. <laughs> and Mars, when it's in Scorpio, this is the, like the strategist. This is the general, right? It's not the, the guy on the front lines. That's Mars and Aries who's like fighting. This is the guy in the back who's here's what our next move is going to be. And here's how we win the war, not just the battle. Right. Oh, so wow. it's it's a more of a long term. It's also like a sniper. So think about somebody from far distance and being able to like pinpoint focus in in one long place. game stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of strategy, a lot of like hyper focus, I would say, is Mars and Scorpio. So we'll definitely feel that tone shift as well with all these ingresses this month. I feel like it's going to be a lot of we're here. And then by the end of the season, we're like, wow, we're in a totally different place and we're feeling much different. So we're getting dark and sexy, though. I love those moments where you can see the entire picture, but yet still focus on a pinpoint. So when you said sniper, I was like, oh. <laughs> exactly. So, but go back to dark and sexy. That's much yeah, more let's interesting. Let's talk about dark and sexy. Let's, let's That's my there. Yeah. Well, with Mars and Scorpio, right, I think Scorpio in and of itself is our dark and sexy sign, right? Uh-huh. It, it rolls over those parts of our body. And so this is, and of course, this is spooky season, like starting. This is middle of October. We're feeling it and Mars here. I think there's going to be a lot of energy and drive around those scorpionic themes, hopefully in a in a way that feels empowering and exciting. It can also look like that coming from somewhere else towards us. Can I just ask, can you hear me at all? Or is yeah. he like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, also, no, I can't hear him very well. Actually, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's so talking. I can hear, I can hear him babbling, can but I can hear you. Okay. Uh, so I think we'll be enjoying this period of Mars going into Scorpio just because Mars, again, is much more comfortable here. It'll be moving off of that square to Pluto. But that time, I would really say October 8th through 11th is going to probably feel quite intense with Venus opposing Saturn the same time Mars is squaring Pluto. That's a lot. So just circle that date in your calendar and know if stuff is feeling a lot, whether it be in the world or in your own personal life or maybe in your own mind, because... Pluto is is a lot of like internal work as well. Just be gentle and kind with yourself. Take it one day at a time. Breathe <laughs> and escape responsibly when when needed because it, you might need it. So that that is a very intense time. Between this and the next little period I've highlighted, we have the new moon in Libra. And this is occurring on October 14th at 10.55 a.m. That's when the new moon is exact at 21 degrees of Libra. And this, my friends, is a solar eclipse. I know I've talked a bit about astrologically my feelings on working witchcraft-wise with the solar eclipse. I tend to avoid them. It's a be careful what you wish for kind of energy for me. You, by all means, do you. (laughs) If you want to work on it, if you want to do something mega powerful, go for it. I just typically reserve any magic for this as I need it out of my life, banish, go away forever. Because that, of course, the the sun is being eclipsed by the moon. There is no more light here. It, It brings to mind a lot of work around light and shadow, which with Libra, of course, would make sense because that's the sign of all the things balancing between light and shadow. So I, I find this solar eclipse and Libra very symbolic in that way. And just examining that place, I think, is what I will be personally doing. It will be on the South Node. It's within a four degree orb of the South Node. So really looking into past life, everything, or it could also look like uh, infancy and childhood. So looking at past traumas, lessons, and kind of the hard-earned lessons that you might have had. Also looking at past relationships and, again, gifts that maybe you came into this world with that you've had to either evolve from or grow from. And, of course, things that we've used, too, blessings and and fortuitous 
things that we've been born into with this in this world, I think we can look at and be grateful for as well. The ruler of Venus with this new moon is not really aspecting anything. She's separate and out there because she's separated from her opposition to Saturn, which is nice. I think things, this quiet new moon but because it's an eclipse and because of some of the other transits happening around it i feel like it's like that eye of the storm energy it's eerie it's quiet but it's reflective and maybe a little uncomfortable <laughs> or maybe we're getting a little uncomfortable if you're feeling that around this time i'd say sink and do it make it work for you and if not if life's happening and crazy maybe take that reflective moment if you can and step back for yourself and Saturn will be all the way back at zero degrees of Pisces. It's just about to move direct. It won't be moving direct during this time of the season, but it will be moving direct soon. And the last time it was here at zero degrees Pisces was between March 7th and 15th of 2023. So a lot of callbacks to March right now, which I think is interesting. So I would, I would really look, if you've been journaling at all, look at March and see what's been happening there and how have those things evolved for you. I don't know a lot about the different houses, but I do know that that solar eclipse being in my 12th house is like... Well, it's funny that you mentioned the 12th house with that, because I think, yes, the 12th house, if you know what the subject matter is, it can be this very like deep place where it's your place in the universe and how do we cope with our, our smallness and our humility and all things that are unknown and it rules a lot of strange things like hospitals and like enemies, that kind of thing, if you look back into ancient astrology. But it is also considered like the basement of the natal chart. It's pretty easy to just ignore it too. What we want to do in our life. Oh, well, we won't have to worry about that danger or maybe that enemy is not something we want to look at or face. Or we don't want to really critically think about our place in the universe because, oh my gosh. Corey, it is in your 12th house, but you can ignore it if you would like to. It's also four degrees from your ascendant. So I think that this this is very much not just a 12th house moon. If you want to like really take this on because you're Libra, you are Libra rising. This is also like how you are presenting yourself in this world. Like your rising sign is what we see first. So it's also how you approach everything in your life. It's how you came into this world, how you approach everything that's new to you, that it has that like Libra flair. So you can craft this if you have any thoughts around like how you are presenting yourself at this time. You can take that meaning on as well. Make it work for you. <laughs> in fact, that goes for everyone. If you if you look up your meaning of the house and it's this isn't really resonating, you may have some other components in the chart that are like lighting up a little bit stronger for you. So use that by all means. You don't have to stick with the house at all. But it's somewhere to start if you're looking for somewhere to start. And Dada, for you, this is happening in your 11th house. So this is the house of communities, organizations, friendships, hopes and wishes and dreams. This is kind of like once you've made it in career or done the thing and you're sharing it with others, how is the world interacting with you and how are you interacting with the world? So your fan base is here, like social media, all the like way you're reaching out and the people that you meet on the internet are here. Again, your friends and communities are here. So that new moon is happening there for you. And in Libra, that's a very, of course, like sharing ideas around like art and creativity. So like that, that can be a really lovely placement for oh, you as well. I so, love that. Yeah. Oh, how fun. I'm, yes. I'm excited. I know. Use it to the best of your ability by all means. <laughs> for me, it's happening in my seventh house of marriage and relationships. So that should be fun. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but this can also look like business partnerships and new things oh, yes. around that. So that's exciting. Make it work for you. Hopefully you find some inspiration there. And I wish you all the best. New moon in Libra blessings to you all. 
And so following that new moon, we have between October 17th and 23rd, which is the end of the season, the sun will have now moved onto the south node between the 17th and 18th. That is going to bring up those feelings from when Mars was there earlier, October 4th through 6th. You might have a resurgence of that, but the sun is like illuminating that place, lighting up that side of Libra. Be aware, again, that's lighting up the south node. So we, we've had a lot, I think, of with the south node here. And the sun may even, when it crosses over that south node, be the climax of that energy, whatever those lessons are. And in doing so, when it crosses over the south node, it will quickly also square Pluto. Everything basically that comes into the later degrees of any sign is going to interact with Pluto in some way. And be because Pluto is in Capricorn and we are in Libra season, that is that square relationship action around plutonic subject matter like we discussed earlier the sun being there that's our ego that's our self again i see this as like a climax of that energy and what's adding to that further is mercury will be kazini the sun now have i talked i don't know if i've talked about kazini on here a whole lot for a long time yeah i i'd say go for it okay cool refresh us yes of course and mercury kazini is the one we hear probably most because mercury crosses over the sun the most during the year When a planet is Kazemi the sun, it basically means that it has completely gone conjunct. So they're they're right together. They are the exact same degree. The sun kind of like blows these planets out of proportion because if we think about our actual sun in the universe, it's very bright, very fiery and big. The light of the sun, we can no longer see the planet in the sky because the sun is so bright, right? And so when the planet is Kazemi the sun and is exactly conjunct, It's like the two cannot exist without each other. And it gives like a boost to Mercury in the sense like Mercury is very like hot and working very fast and very loud, but it cannot be separate from the sun. The way I see this kind of showing up in people is sometimes you can have ideas that you can separate from. This isn't my soul. This is like an idea I have or this is a belief I have, but maybe I can step outside of that and and think critically or see it from an outside perspective. I think people that are... Mercury Kazemi the sun or have any planet Kazemi the sun have a harder time separating themselves from the subject matter of that planet. So in the case of Mercury, my thoughts come from my soul. I cannot, if you disagree with those thoughts, you are disagreeing with me as a whole person. That can be a really tough struggle to get around and look at more objectively. And so there can be some self-righteous behavior involved with this. Um, Mercury, of course, is going to be lit up really loud. People might be a little bit more chatty. Things might be busier. But the sun will be Kazemi Mercury in that 19th and 20th of October. And both of those planets are going to be squaring Pluto. How can you tell in your chart if you have a a planet that's Kazemi the sun? Anything that is exactly conjunct the sun. It has to be conjunct. If you have your sun at, say, 24 degrees of Scorpio, Mercury on 24 degrees of Scorpio also would be a Kazemi or Venus or Mars. And we typically look at those as being the inner planets. The inner planets, I think, have a much (laughs) more intimate way of expressing themselves when they're Kazemi, whereas the outer planets, I would argue, like Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, certainly are very affected by the sun. But the light of Pluto, right, is way farther away from the light of the sun. So it's not exactly blowing it out of proportion the same way a Mercury would with it right next to the sun. So I find that like Mercury or Venus, Kazemi the sun are going to be very loud in a chart and they have to be exactly conjunct. So to the degree, if you have it very close to the sun within a couple degrees of the sun, it means that you have a lot of these things that are 
I just discussed, it's going to show up in your life, in your chart. But when it's exactly conjunct, it, like I said, boosts the energy. So it's almost like if Mercury is within a couple degrees of the sun, it almost gets shut out. Like you don't, like that person might have a harder time expressing themselves or sharing their mind because their sun, their soul is like so big. I can't even put words out of my mouth <laughs> to, to, to communicate that. But when it's exactly Kazemi in conjunct, that Mercury is very, very loud, like wants to talk and wants to share because it's, it's in line with the soul. It, it, they are one in the same. Does that make sense? I feel so, like that was, yeah. I want to test my understanding here. Okay. So say that I have the sun at six degrees Aquarius. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the thing that is also six degrees Aquarius. Correct. Yes. Okay. So I don't have anything that's also six degrees Aquarius, but I do have Ceres, which is nine degrees Aquarius. Yeah. Okay. So Ceres for you is, is going to be very, very close. And yeah. they will, for you in that scenario, I would say Ceres and the sun for you, you really take that Ceres energy and that is part of your soul. So Ceres gotcha. being like that mother, right? She's the mother figure. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like the Demeter figure also in astrology. So she's, <laughs> it's how we nurture ourselves, how we like feed ourselves specifically, like food is around that as well. Okay. It's, it's very, yeah, <laughs> it's very, I don't want to say like harsh female because she can be harsh, right? If we think about the whole story of Persephone and like how like angry she was by that, that's where we're taking in that. That's where we're taking in that inspiration for her energy. But she rules over. She also feeds the land. She feeds she the land. Exactly. She's seasons. Yeah. She's yeah. And so it's how we nurture ourselves in that. And it can show up like a lot of different things. But I, I also see series as like a mother energy in the chart too. So yeah, I do that's too. don't have any Kazinis, but I got something close. Yes. Yeah. And I would, I would argue that's basically conjunct. So it's going to really meld with your soul very deeply, Trust. but it might not so be hard. something that we get from you upon first meeting you. Like that might have to be something mm -hmm. it, it, it soon. So it's not as like loud right away. At least like I, when I first met you, I don't think I would have gone, oh, she's serious for sure. Now knowing you, it totally makes sense. <laughs> so it's, it's not going to present itself as loudly because it's not exactly conjunct. It's, it's being eclipsed by the sun a little bit. So your presence might not show that right away. I hope that makes sense for all of you out there. <laughs> if you have questions, please send them on and Dada and Corey do a great job of asking me when a question's asked. So I can always try to help clarify if you have something specific, but yeah, <laughs> with the sun and Mercury Kazemi, right? So this is very strong Mercury energy. This is very strong sun energy squaring Pluto that is bringing up all that Plutonic energy again. There's, I think there's a lot of action. It's very busy at the end of this season. And I wanted to just draw attention to the last time the sun was square Pluto, not Kazemi with Mercury, but the last time it was square Pluto was March 18th through 23rd. So again, bringing up this March period of 2023, the sun will square Pluto two times throughout the year. That's how you know the cycle works. And so thinking about those two squares, this is a closing square. So we're if you think about it in terms of like a moon cycle, we're closing out the energy, we're waning. So how is this showing up maybe more psychologically and internally for you versus like out in the world? If, if you have something that was brought up in that March period. So it, it's funny to me, there's not really any direct intimate retrogrades that we're working with here other than all the outer planets working in retrograde. But we are looking back, we are reflecting on this March 2023 period. So I'm very interested to see how that shows up for people. For example, if we were having a really hard time 
with work or with health or with both. Mm -hmm. That's about to close and shift and transform and change. And now that's done. I don't want to ever say that that that's done because they can, everything as it shifts and change and evolves, it can look like something else. Um, I will say that whatever you have been struggling with, say maybe it presented itself very clearly in March, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You may see some sort of like a resolution or an answer come around that. You may have seen Mm -hmm. it evolve into some place. And so a chapter may be closing, maybe not the whole book, right? And so I love that. Okay. <laughs> Metaphor. No, that cool. makes total sense to me now. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, because these cycles are always happening, right? Pluto yes. <laughs> Pluto squares the sun twice a year. So we've all lived through this. Congratulations. You've done great. <laughs> we're here and we're going to do it again. And so I, and I, that actually brings me a lot of comfort whenever I think of these, like even the big scary transits, it's, oh, this hasn't happened in 50 years. Well, it happened 50 years ago. <laughs> And people survived. So remembering that this is all part of the cycle and there are larger cycles within smaller cycles within larger cycles. Just keep in mind that just weather through this and it will pass as well. These are transits for a reason. They transit and they move and we fade in and out of these energies. So it's all how you choose to work with them. I find it really helpful to look back when this may have started or look at like, how this might have manifested earlier and now how it's coming to a close and gaining perspective in that way in a very personal way for myself. We also might see things in the world show up that harken back to in March of 2023, this was happening and look how it's evolved since then. So just as a note, looking at those energies and quite swiftly after that, before the sun moves into Scorpio, Mercury will pass over the sun and move into Scorpio just a couple days prior on October 21st. So again, this is bringing up all of this, the, the deep Scorpio vibes. So we have like secrecy and shadow and darkness. Of course, we know Mercury goes into the underworld is a bit of a trickster here. So he's, I would argue he's pretty comfortable in Scorpio, but maybe going to throw us for a loop a little bit. So his stories, his communication are deep and our thoughts are penetrating it might be easy to mistrust people because we're a little bit more wanting more security here and wanting to be held back a little bit more. You might have a harder time cracking into people's true motives around this time with Mercury there, but it's coming from a place of wanting to establish safety and more importantly, power within the self. The strategy here is strong and there might even be like a desire to manipulate. And remember, manipulating isn't always bad. We manipulate, we manifest, we work with, right? Um, Yeah. Whether that be your craft or, or people or whatever, but just be on the lookout for that as well. Scorpio season is kind of tricksy, tricksy season. (laughs) And that of course is why we do trick or treating at Halloween, right? (laughs) And so it goes. And with that, Scorpio season will start on October 23rd at 9.21 a.m. Pacific time. That will be when the sun moves into Scorpio. We have a busy October, folks. Wow. It sounds busy. Like really busy. Yeah. But so much good stuff. I think a lot of potential here. And speaking of good stuff. What are your days? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Magic days. Yes, magic days. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> it was a little tough to pick some of these just because we yeah. it, there's a lot of good and hard, right? And I don't I don't try to find days that are I, I try to find days that are not too difficult because of course we want to work with the magic of the day and have things work nicely for us. Mm-hmm. I my first pick here 
there's not a perfect day. I will say that all of them have their own challenges, but I think the day that spoke to me as one of the more magical ones is going to be that sort of like end of September 30th into October 2nd. So a focus around October 1st, this day, Mercury's going to be opposing Neptune, which opposing Neptune isn't always great, but I find that a Mercury opposing Neptune is a really interesting imagination thing. Talk about fantasy and escape. Mercury being in this position lends itself to how far can you go? <laughs> and so that can kind of show up a little dangerously. We can also have the ability to get duped here. But in terms of magic, like that's where I see ooh, a lot of juicy potential here for our minds for Mercury to be opposing Neptune. We also have it trying Uranus and Pluto on this day. That's going to be really, really nice. It'll be trying Uranus first and then Pluto later. So if you work earlier in it, you're going to get that trying to Uranus. If you work later, like closer to October 2nd, that'll be trying Pluto. So those are like mind-boggling, breaking, awesome moments of insight. So that could be like you experience a message from spirit and it's like groundbreaking or you have this like realization around yourself that's like, wow. Or perhaps it's literally you like breaking through and creating magic and something happens and you're like that, that I cause I, I manifested that. And then with it trying to Pluto, that's that really, again, deep placement moving into the underworld. Um, great time to like communicate with spirit or communicate with ancestors, communicate across the veil. However you want to look at that really deep time for that. Venus will be squaring Uranus, which we talked a little bit about. So again, rebelliousness around like changing things up, right? And that might be style or money or relationships. So you have the ability to change. And it's enshrined to the North Node. So that's leading us toward that evolutionary place that we're trying to get to and like growing us forward, which is cool. And the moon will be exalted in Taurus and sextiling Saturn. So lots of great long-term planning relationship to stuff here. And Taurus is willing to do the work for the sweet reward. So in a good aspect to Saturn, that's Whatever comes of this day will be like a long-term thing. It's not just going to happen in an instant necessarily. Um, we do have a lot of Uranus energy there, but I think the moon is going to help us solidify whatever it is we're trying to put into action. So I think there's a lot of potential in that day. Yeah. But so might that be a good day for a launch oh. of something? Yeah. I would. <laughs> whenever you want to launch something, I always say definitely try to see if you can either get a reading from an astrologer or really pinpoint the time because yeah. the rising sign will have a huge effect on that. So looking at mm -hmm. this chart specifically, I probably would want to shy away from maybe like a Pisces rising because you've got Neptune there with Mercury opposing that. That wouldn't be as good, although Mercury in the okay. seventh house. Yeah, now I'm going to start to astrobabble. <laughs> so, oh, please. Yeah, I, you know. I'll have to call my <clears throat> astrologist. God, <laughs> and and go over this then. Wow. Because yeah, yeah I was yeah. I think a plan in place, you but can, I did want to check with you. First. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you can really you can take pretty much any day, although there are obviously better days than, than others, mm -hmm. and find the time of day based on the chart rulership that works the best mm. for any kind of launch or idea, or maybe it's like a weekend getaway or a yeah. vow, like a marriage vow, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. So I definitely recommend yeah. looking at that because depending on whatever the rising sign is, that planetary ruler of the sign, however that's acting in the chart, is going to really deeply affect how the chart works for you. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And I would say my backups are going to be September 24th was a pretty good day. There's some hard parts to that, but there's nice harmonious energy around our more intimate planets and our belief systems. The moon is in a really deep place that day, but it's a sobering moon. Just get real. Work on some healing of your wounds or rehab that day. Cut ties if you want to. It's it's a good day to put up some boundaries if you need to. And October 5th, not my favorite, but it works. <laughs> it's one of those, yeah, you could you could get some pretty powerful magic that day. I would say it's a good day to go solitary. Focus on your self-worth and your power and like how you might need to get uncomfortable in order to grow. This is a good day to like do some magic around getting real with yourself, like more reflective. So those are my two backups. But I love that you gave specific themes for what will work for those magic days. Thank you for that because I'm so inspired right now. I can hardly stand <laughs> well, it. if you have I'm the like ability, yeah, <laughs> perfect. If you have that's the ability great. to use all the days, like awesome, go for it. And that's why I, I realized like that would probably be more helpful than just Astro Babble Planet talk. <laughs> Astro Babble. I like it. I like both of them. This is amazing. I'm so looking forward to October. I, 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 I have been... I, I like want to start Samhain season right now and it's September. <laughs> I never feel like this, but oh, man. I, I am there. Yeah. You No. I, I've, I've been like, are we there yet? Are yeah. we there yet? Are we there yet? For the last week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And we usually get some nice days in the Pacific Northwest around September around right now we're recording on the 16th, but not hot. It's hot out. Today. And, it's been hot the last couple of days, and it's going to be hot again tomorrow. We're not getting real fall weather. We had fake out fall. Yeah. Well, and now we're of. back. We had fake out fall for about a week, and it was gorgeous. And it rained. And it was lovely, and now it is back to ha ha gotcha summer. <laughs> so uh, I need a t-shirt that says that ha ha well, gotcha Pacific summer. Northwest. The Pacific Northwest has so many fake seasons. It yeah. Well, it, and can yeah. cycle through them in a day as well. Yeah. Yeah. Why we always dress in layers up here, folks? I dressed like such a weirdo this week. It was like tank tops and very, very cozy pants or big sweaters and just the shortest shorts you've ever seen. (laughs) If you've been following Instagram, you probably already know this. I'm already in boot season. You know what? We've started back to school metaphorically because it's September (laughs) and that is boot season and I and I just ordered a pair. I'm really excited to get that. They're purple. I know. I'm very happy. Well, I hope I'm happy when I get here. You will be. So mote it be. (laughs) Yeah. So mote it be. You bet. Conowin, thank Uh, you so much. Oh, I was just going to say, hey, thank you for this. But Dada also is saying that. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And wow. And I guess that's it. Another season. That's it. Another season. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy birthday, Libras. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Libras. Yeah. Until next time. Be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Bonfire babble.